backstage, backstage, on camera, or behind the scenes. Sit back and listen. Let's have some fun. Foul Players Radio is a proud production of the Foul Players Group and the official podcast of the Foul Players of Perryville. And welcome back to Foul Players Radio, the month of October, which is our big horror movie month, our big Halloween season month. And we have today Michael Mutsatsos, who is a filmmaker from Los Angeles, California. Michael has made quite a few horror movies over the years. Uh, last year, we had a guest, Laura Meadows, who was in one of his movies called The Butcher. And he's just finishing up another movie called Ravage. Uh, we talked about some of the challenges he's faced over the years in making independent films out in Los Angeles. Everything from casting to filming to dealing with this, that, and the other thing. It's you know, really an interesting conversation we had about that. And we also talked about his days of the past in New York City when he would hang out at Studio 54 back in its heyday. Had some great stories about that, as well as what the entertainment business was like back in those days versus now. Uh, quite a bit different. And, um, you know, I would, could speak from my experience of being up there in the 90s. He was up there, you know, even earlier than that as compared to how things are now. So we had a real nice talk about that. And of course, with it being October, Halloween month, we talked to Michael about his favorite horror movies. And he has a lot of the ones that I like in common. Um, some of the, you know, we both like a lot of the same horror movies. We had a nice talk about that. And this is really, 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 really cool. This is really, really cool. One of my favorite movies of all time. Michael was cast as one of the baseball furies in the Warriors. So as far as I'm concerned, he's Foul Players Radio Hall of Fame right there. I really think you'll enjoy his stories tonight, so uh, make sure you stick around and listen. Subscribe for free at www.foulplayersradio.com or listen wherever you find podcasts online. No matter what platform you listen on, you can help us greatly by giving us a fair review and a five-star rating. Also, be sure to visit our page on patreon.com, www.patreon.com slash foulplayersradio. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The Foul Players of Perryville are back and have many shows booked for the fall and winter of 2021 into 22. See our schedule at www.foulplayersofperryville.com. For bookings, we can be reached by phone at 443-600-0446 or by mail at foulplayersperryville at yahoo.com. We'll be back with Michael Mutsatsos right after these words. Folks, welcome back to Foul Players Radio. And in the Halloween season, we have a special treat for you tonight. We have Michael Mutsatsos from Los Angeles, and he is not only a horror movie director, but he's been in a number of horror movies. He's here to talk about his favorite horror movies, and he was in one of my favorite movies of all time, and we're going to reveal that to you in a little bit. Michael, welcome. How are you, buddy? I'm great, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we kind of um, met, I guess I sort of, you know, I was, I'm always scouting guests, you know, and about a year ago, I had one of uh, an actress who worked with you on the show, Laura Meadows, who's going to be on again, by the way. And oh, nice. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I was watching, you know, doing research, you know, watching some of the things that she was in. And I saw the butcher, I believe it was on either prime or Netflix. I can't remember. And I watched it and I thought it was great. And I was like, well, look, let me, let me try to get this guy on the show. And, um, <laughs> you know, so I, I reached out to you, you were agreeable to do it. And I'm, I'm glad that you're here. So welcome. Welcome. 
Thank you very much for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, um, you are, you've got your hands into a couple of things right now. I just recently got a trailer from you that looks very, very interesting. I'd love to see this when it's finally done called ravage. So tell us a bit about this movie. Okay. Ravage. Yeah. We literally just wrapped about two to three weeks ago. Um, I'm having some people over tomorrow night to, I have a, it's cut down to 98 minutes. It was an hour and 50 and mm-hmm. I cut it down, just chopping some of the fat out of the way. Yeah. And, um, just, you know, people just giving me their opinion and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, yeah. So, um, it started out, it was going to be a short film. I was getting antsy during COVID. I needed to do something as a filmmaker. Uh, it was going to, it was going to be one person and me. Uh, because we were doing it in the middle of lockdown. And uh, a friend of mine, Phil Herman, uh, who was also going to be, uh, he's one of the producers on the film as well as The Butcher and other things that I've worked on. Um, He said, make it into a feature film. So I rewrote it 98 pages later. um, It has people in it, you know, slowly as, we were coming out of a lockdown situation. I mean, we're still, this movie is just that raw. I took liberties. It started out with COVID. I took liberties and made it into different mutations, um, a life imitating art. And um, then I have in the year 2022, World War Three breaks out. Everybody was sick and tired of blaming each other, non-vaxxers, this blah, blah, blah. And uh, so the World War Three breaks out in 2022. The movie takes place in 2032. And one guy left and he thinks he's the last person left on the planet. So it starts out contagion and mutates into a kind of an I am legendy kind of thing. Um, and yeah, so we, we just literally wrapped a big battle scene a couple of weeks ago, 30 extras and We've been filming at ninety uh, percent at the LA River. Right, right. The big—I've uh, never been there, but I, it's the big concrete river, right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. There's, yeah. there's lots of parts to it. Okay, um, yeah. This is called this is called Bowtie Project, um, and it would—you know—every time we go down there, it was different to see it because the Fourth of July, uh, the day after we were there with a, a special friend of mine uh, who's got a cameo, big rock star. Um, he's got a cameo in the film. And uh, I guess fireworks. And so the palm trees were on fire. Everything was black and, you know, uh, electrical poles. So, I mean, it makes more for, you know, my apocalyptic kind of movie. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, free location stuff. But, uh, (laughs) you know, once you're going there, it's it's lush, it's green. You don't see a lot of people across the across the river. There's restaurants and apartments. So you got to watch your angles and your filming. You know, and stuff like that. There's train tracks, there's buildings with graffiti. I mean, it's it's a total wasteland. I mean, and it's it's like road warrior, you know, mm-hmm. it's that whole thing, you know, Fury Road, all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, that made for great free, free, <laughs> free location. Free is good. Stuff. Free is good. Uh, independent, <laughs> independent stuff, free is good. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so um, this is where I am with that as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm uh, having a couple small intimate friends over tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, and then they'll 
spread out bigger and bigger and bigger a little bit at a time, you know. Um, but this is the world that we're living in right now. And um, like I said, it just evolved as something just small. Uh, it, like, right. it was me and another actor, basically, a 30-minute uh, short. And then it just it just grew. Right, right, right. Well, well, good. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm glad to hear, you know, th- you know, obviously COVID has been a serious, you know, uh, obstacle for right. a lot of people. Uh, you know, I really changed the way, you know, I'm, I'm, I haven't been commuting to New York to audition. I've been doing it from the house, which is good and bad, you know, um, right. Sometimes, you know, you can put on a good performance to record, to send in, but sometimes you just don't quite capture live when you're performing right. in front of somebody you probably you can't always give them all the energy that you would normally get live if does that make sense i don't know if that made sense or not but you, i guess you know when you audition people i'm sure you probably see it too it's a big difference between having them on film and live well to yeah do it. i mean uh i i totally yeah i mean i love the live obviously i mean mm-hmm. i would uh, other projects that i did i would have huge cattle calls and stuff like that and mm-hmm. You know, this was obviously just looking at people's reels. Um, a couple of people that I had in mind for future projects. Um, you know, talking with them just one on one, and then uh, just looking at people's reels. And dude, I am <laughs> not the cast that I have, but I, I just want actors out there, please. <laughs> get your act together and do professional looking reels and stuff. And yeah. your head and your headshots. I don't want you in a bikini. I don't want you a selfie in the mirror <laughs> in the bathroom. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't want to yeah. see your under, I don't want to see your underwear, men, men or women. Um, you know, I, I, that's not an eight by 10. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but uh, other than that, yeah, I, I did prefer seeing people in person, obviously, mm-hmm. but uh it is strange out there, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, there, I was um, you, when you're acting, you're always taking lessons and you're always, you know, you, you take your on camera, you take your acting techniques, you take your improv, you know, you right. and uh, you know, there was one teacher I had probably about eight or 10 years ago who worked for a major casting company on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And they said they they had what they would call the slut file. <laughs> And they would have all the women, all the women that would send pictures of themselves in and see through lingerie. And I mean, a headshot's supposed to be your head and shoulders, sometimes from the uh, waist up. That's you know, there, there's yeah. criteria, you know, you just don't, you know, and and you wear just regular clothes. I mean, unless you're trying to become a bikini model or you're right. trying to yeah. become like a, you know, a model that does, you know, car shows or something, you know, I for theatrical you know it's you know modest clothing tasteful clothing head and yeah, shoulders I mean, and then waist up or something you know it's just I'm looking uh, for next i'm looking for next door mom you know right 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 from, you know mom with a with a whip yeah <laughs> and, the, and the, the thing is too it's like you would think um especially with los angeles being a major entertainment center like new yeah. york and los angeles i mean you would think you would have enough people I mean, unless they just jumped off the turnip truck or something that they would know better than to take a shot like that, you know, um, that to, to turn in a headshot like that, you know, I, I mean, I, there's gotta be, 
you know, with all the actors and all the auditions and studios and casting out there, there's got to be thousands of or dozens of places that can tell you how to get a good headshot. They can take it from right. you, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I uh, no, I just, I just think today, um, everybody wants that wow shock factor, the attention factor. Yeah. Um, yeah. that's a lot of big problems I have with like, um, I have people, oh, you know, I have 300,000 people following me. You should have me in your movie. I don't mm-hmm. care. Yeah. yeah. I don't care. If you can act, I don't care how many people are following you. You're not in my movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not that guy. You, if you're looking for that guy, don't come work for me because I'm not that guy. I'm not going to hire you because you're an influencer or whatever. Oh, that yeah, is today. yeah. You know, uh, your YouTube this, your YouTube that. Yeah, that, that's good for you, man. You're not for me. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I, I know. And a lot of people once in a while, you see somebody show up in something like that, or, you know, maybe a network yeah. show or something, but you, you know, something, I mean, you know, how many of those have you seen where, where they're, uh, you know, that, that ends up being Emmy nominated or something like that. You know, they, yeah. I mean, there was always a sitcom or something where the, where's the beef lady would show up back in the eighties <laughs> or something, you know, um, or, uh, that guitar playing old lady. Yeah. But yeah. no, you know, it was, they were never, you know, that, that was never anything of substance, you know, that was a gimmick or something like that to, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. Something they could roll the laugh track at or something. Uh, very, very, uh, I, I'm agree. I'm in agreement with you there, you know, because I, I've been around for a while, you know, my career in acting really has only been a little more than a decade, but I've been playing music since the eighties. And okay. even back in those days, I knew what a professional press kit looked like, you know, right. you know, you would yeah. go to the music seminars and you would learn that, yeah. you know, you just don't, you know, you know, you just don't take a cassette tape and, you know, put it in the box, you know, you, you label it correctly. You know, you make a, you you get a decent picture taken, you know, not a Polaroid, you know, a decent picture taken and you do a bio of the band and you put it professionally punch the holes and put it in the binder and send it out, you know, because again, this is an amateur hour, you know, it may be all fine and good for the local radio station that has the local band show on Sunday nights. Correct. You know, for a record company, you know, they want to deal with pros and they don't want to deal with all this other stuff. They shouldn't have to coach you at that point. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not here to lead anybody by the hand. You know, I'm, I, I want, uh, professionalism. I expect Mm -hmm. professionalism. I give professionalism. Yeah. So, you know, it's that kind of a street for me. It's a two way street of the given the cake. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, all these years up to where I am now, whether it was acting or directing or writing or whatever, I have no use for uh, slackers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like that. I mean, I want you to be as hungry as I am. I want, I want, I want that from you as an actor, you know, mm-hmm. and anything, anything less than that, uh, please go find somebody else. Yep. Yep. You know, uh, right, right. I know it, it's, you know, the time and the money and right. all the things that have to go into this, it, it's just like, you know, when you're in a band and you're in the studio, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, the minute you walk in that door, the clock starts ticking, 
That's right. And you know, whether you're, you know, paying, you know, $50 an hour or 150 or $200 an hour, you know, that, that clock is ticking and that you can't mm-hmm. get that time back. And, right. you know, especially when you're dealing with directing a film, especially doing it outdoors, you know, you got, you know, if you have a day where it's sunny and that's mm-hmm. the kind of day that you need, mm-hmm. you know, people need to be there one time, mm-hmm. you know, um, need, need to be there one time and prepared and ready to go. And if oh, not, yeah. there better be a damn good reason for it. You know, um, yeah. you know, that that's just, it, it, I, I hear about so many of those things. And even when I was you know, first getting into this and just taking classes, I would hear about, you know, our, you know, the teacher that we had was able to book people in commercials and that sort of thing. Right. And I would hear about all these guys that were just like no showing or showing up four hours late or coming with their girlfriend mm-hmm. or showing up, you know, like they just rolled out of bed and everything. And I'm just like, you know, I would have done that commercial and you wouldn't have had that issue out of me. You know, yeah. uh, it's just, it's frustrating when you hear these things, you know, um, you know, so, um, you know, let, let's talk a little more, you know, you just mentioned ravage, you know, um, right. I had, you know, met Laura Meadows and uh, to see her, I watched the butcher last year. Mm-hmm. Tell right. us a bit about making that one. Um, that was that was uh, a very unique movie, and I, I enjoyed watching it. I, I was really, you, you know, I, I got what you were doing with that, you know, and I you. liked it. You know, I really, you know, I, I was like, this is this is cool, you know. And, you know, I mean, uh, thank you for understanding what it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's not to be taken too seriously. It was modeled after my love for the seventies. Texas Chainsawry kind of yeah. uh, mm-hmm. maniac, maniac and stuff. I was I was compared by reviewers to Joe Spinell. Yes, uh, oh yeah, uh, Willie Chichi, right? Right. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, okay. You know, and also in Maniac, he's you know kills the women with the mannequins and his mother. You know, if you remember that movie, mm-hmm. Elijah 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 Woods redid it or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's that it's, a, you know, there's a, a, a scroll, there's a voiceover narration like John LaRoquette did for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, you know, the film you were watching is about blah, 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 you know, and then I'd have people say, but that never happened in Los Angeles. I'm like, oh, my God, really? <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no kidding. No kidding. You know, no, that mm-hmm. did not happen to thousands of Cannibal, you know, cannibalism. I'll give you a little for the people that don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, basically, he's uh, Thaddeus Hyatt, which is me, um, is a world-renowned chef. Uh, his parents owned a restaurant back in Montana. Uh, they had meat that had mad cow disease. Thaddeus got mad cow over the years. It started mutating. He has a distaste for foreigners. So opposite a hostel, instead of, um, uh, you know, Americans being kidnapped, tourists that came to Hollywood Boulevard that stayed in the hostels and in motels, Thaddeus and his henchmen would go and kidnap them. They would put Thaddeus's tainted blood into the people um, and then cut them up and serve them in his restaurant. Um, and then everybody in Los Angeles became infected with uh, mad cow disease. Hence. That did not happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, know, <something laughs> like, you know, but it, it's supposed to be a light, fun movie. There's lots uh-huh. of Easter eggs in there. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, 
there's the, the in one of the scenes this guy's being tortured there's uh, I don't know if you remember seeing it, but there's the yellow uh, jacket and pants from Kill Bill that Uma Thurman wears and his blood doused all over it. That's in the corner in the background <laughs> yeah. with the Hattori, with the Hattori Hanzu sword. I mean, there's, there's little uh, snippets of that um, towards the ending of the movie when everybody's at the party and they're drinking. A friend of mine said, hey, uh, why don't you do you know what they did in The Hateful Eight? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he, he, everybody all of a sudden is what at the party. Thaddeus poisons everybody, and everybody's spewing out all this liquid, and the people are dying, and blah, 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 you know. And so, yeah, I mean, that's from that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, again, it was another piece of material that was starting out as a short. I don't know why I have these things for shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, I got in touch with Phil Herman. Uh, again, thanks to him, he said, make it into a feature film. Um, I did it. He loved it. His partner, uh, Asif Akbar, loved it. They're the ones that put it on their uh, Avail Entertainment. They yep. had their own. Cha- they had their own channel, which I believe is now taken down. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the butcher was on um, Amazon. I wish it was on Netflix, but it was on Amazon and Tubi and a couple of other you know places here and there. Yeah, uh, that was that was about like two years ago, and it won fifty seven awards at festivals. Um, it was just supposed to be, you know, fun. I mean, I got I got Laura. I wanted to work with Laura Meadows. Uh, she's playing Madame Zelda, the typical gypsy reading the ball. The ball. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Thaddeus, I see you going many miles away. Yeah, okay, that's the sequel. You know, mm, yeah. I, see you trav- <laughs> oh, I see you traveling oceans. And you know, so it's like, mm. you know, it, but it's supposed to be fun. It's that kind of a movie. Uh-huh. And people that people that were trying to, to some reviewers <laughs> that were trying to take it a little a little too seriously, right? I'm right. Like, you know, guys, mm-hmm. it is. I had one guy that actually said, you know, because I I work at a restaurant, and I can film at this particular restaurant, and I was filming in the kitchen, and I can film, but I just can't show the name of the the restaurant. Right. And I'm right, actually right. film. I'm there with my camera. Um, I'm doing it because I, you know, can't have a huge crew and everything. So I'm, I'm there help, hand holding and they're, as they're opening in the morning, they're prepping, they're cooking, they're cutting, they're doing all this kind of stuff and I'm filming it, you know, Hey, free, free movie, you know, free stuff. And then I have one reviewer. Oh, but all the stock footage that you, I'm like, no, I actually filmed it. We filmed in the restaurant. You see, I had a friend of mine that took me walking through the kitchen that's not stock footage. That's the movie. The movie. So I don't know where that particular reviewer got that, that it was all stock footage. But um, it know, didn't look like hey, it to me. No, I, whatever. <laughs> but uh, hey, man, you know, you, you, you can't please everybody. Yeah. Technically, technically, though, uh, just quickly, I know you want to move on. Uh, oh, no, no. The butch- technically, the butcher. Um, as far as sending it out to film festivals is concerned, is my first movie. Mm-hmm. It is my eighth movie that I filmed. Right, but right. That was the only one that I thought was professional enough, was um, worthy enough to. Uh, the other films were my film school. I never went to film school. Right, right. I was I was always on the other side of the camera as the actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I did seven projects. Um, they had small little premieres here and there at places and stuff like that. Never saw the light of day, never were on Amazon, never went to festivals. You have one calling card, I feel. 
and um, they just weren't ready. Some little person in the back of my ear would no, 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 no. And uh, so the butcher was ready. So Ravage technically uh, going out will be my second film, although it's my ninth film that I that I did. I wrote and directed. I only write and direct my own stuff. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't direct anybody else's stuff. Um, I have nothing against it. I if I'm going to spend my money, because both films were funded by me. No, right, um, right, right. I did. I did uh, a couple of the Indiegogo things, and you don't raise a lot of money on that. I'm not yeah. <laughs> here to give. I'm. I'm not here to give away producers' credits for a hundred dollars a pop. Right, right. You know, like a lot of these. Oh, you know. Oh, oh we got thirty. 30 producers and everybody's a hundred dollars they gave. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I, I don't want everybody in their mother a producer. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Good Lord. It, it looks cheesy on the scroll. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. You know, I mean, if you want, if you're there and you just want to give credits and screen credit and IMDB credit, you want to, I, I did that. I have packages I did walk on roles. You're killed in a scene, you mm-hmm. know, for Amity. Um, I'm was working on a film, Amityville legend. And I was going to be doing that prior to ravage. And then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote the script for Amityville legend. And it's not one of those where everybody's nowadays seems to be taking the name because it's, um, <laughs> private, it's private. Do- it's private domain. The name. Oh, it so, is. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, there's like somebody's working on Amityville Karen, Amityville Shark, Amityville Grandma, you know, uh, whatever. It's, <laughs> it, it's just schlock. Um, right, right, that, right. That, that takes place. Actually, my film takes place in 1940, Vaudeville mm-hmm. um, in New York. So it starts out oh. in Vaudeville, goes into the 70s, a year before what happened. You're not allowed to use the names of either family. You can't show the house. Uh, the Lutzes still kind of like have that, uh, even though the, 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 the name Amityville um, is public, public domain. I mean, you could call it Amityville, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's you know, a, a murder that took place in Long Island <laughs> and the, it could be the town of Port Jefferson. It could be, you know, whatever. I'm from New York, so I know these places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, today it's just, it, uh, you know, God bless everybody. Uh, it, I'm just not into schlock. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, why 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 are you even bothering? You know, you're taking all your friends and their moms and their dads and their, everybody, let's go make a movie, Mickey Rooney. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yep. um, yep. I'm sorry if I'm soaking thousands of dollars into something, mm-hmm. I want a little integrity in there, you know what I'm saying? But you know, hey. Let everybody do whatever they need to do. I'm not. I'm not here to put anybody down. I'm just sure, like, sure. you know, I'm just amazed at the there's lack of originality. That's why mm-hmm. the, in Hollywood there's sequel and prequel, and the term now is reboot. And yeah, a yeah. re reima- reimagining. Mm-hmm. It's called a fucking remake. Okay, it's a fucking <laughs> remake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Oh, you, you had mentioned um, Asif Akbar, and I've had him on the yeah. show, too. Oh, nice, nice. Great guest, great guest. Um, yeah, he, mm-hmm. he he told me a lot of great things. Um, we had a nice talk about Mickey Rourke. Um, oh, yeah, I yeah, met, 
Yeah, Mickey Rourke, uh, in the uh, part of Baltimore where I come from, he was in a Barry Levinson movie called The Diner. And we got to meet him when I was like in seventh grade when they were making that movie. Um, I got to tag along when a bunch of girls got a chance to go to the set and um, interview them for the school newspaper because they were filming right down the street from the school. But, yeah, I tell you, it's a he's a good guy. And I tell you what, I like his stuff. I really do. You know, Um, he's a he's he does a great job with everything. And um, you had mentioned Laura, too. Um, You know, she she does a nice job and everything. And she's just a really good person too i've had her on the show as i've mentioned before and uh sounds like you're keeping good company out there you know i I, i'm trying you know there's there's a lot of people um i know it was like i was going through a patch for a while um i don't know if it was people just trying to i i hate using the terminology but it was riding somebody's coattails in a sense everybody Mm -hmm. wants to be with me Everybody yeah. wants to be with me. Everybody wants to be a producer. Everybody wants to. There was a guy that was from Brazil and he was a great graphic designer and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and uh, you know, foreign sales and Brazil and blah, 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 you know, and it was just, I'm looking at this guy's like a, a leech. Mm-hmm. He's attaching and he's attaching himself to all these projects. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm like, dude, you know, and he was trying <laughs> to help me with the, he was trying to help me with the Indiegogo fundraiser and he was doing nice graphics and, you know, stuff to pay attention to, but it was just him. And then he had another friend of his and mm-hmm. uh, let's make this guy, you know, an executive producer, you know, for this foreign market sale. And then he's got a friend and all of a sudden I have all these international friends. You know? <laughs> yep. I'm like, okay, let's worry about the U.S. first. Um, <laughs> yes, I know. I know foreign sales are great, but you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, I had to. There was just there were there were hanger oners. There were people that were just trying. I don't know how else to explain it. Right. I, I don't right. like. You know, I don't want to use like you know leeches or they were just creepy. Creepy, creepy, creepy people. <laughs> yes. I, I I hear you. I hear you. They're, they're all over and, the place in this business. They really are. You know, but especially independent horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, it's really, really bad. I mean, there was a guy that was, I have all these actors and I have Kane Hodder and I have this one from this horror. And he was doing this whole Indiegogo thing. And all my friends, I believe Laura and then no Jason Scott was going to be uh the, the the clown that was the the killer clown you know and not ten bundy but one of the other guys and mm-hmm. it, dude this guy was he was arrested <laughs> he was taking people's money he was saying all these actors were in this movie that he oh, was doing man. yeah it was all mm-hmm. it was all over the newspapers like literally three months ago four months right. ago mm-hmm. and you know con guy and they had to, oh, obviously Indiegogo and everybody had to give them, he had to give the money back. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, you just got to watch out. I mean, I understand the actors, you know, um, you hear that this one's got this person attached. Mm-hmm. Do they real? you know, do they really? Yeah. You know, I don't believe anything until we're there on day of shooting and mm-hmm. action, action. And that person is there. Yeah, I don't blame you. You know, yeah, yeah, you know. So, yeah, I don't blame you at all. I don't blame you at all for that. You know, um. So you 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 were telling me, yeah, you know, you you've got your movies coming out and everything. You know, we were talking a bit about the butcher and and 
that sort of thing. Um, yeah, right. Tell me about your, you know, you, you said you moved out to Los Angeles. You were living on the East coast, you know, up in New York and um, probably mm-hmm. about 20 blocks North. Now you're saying West 57th between eighth and ninth. That's probably a little West of central park. Correct. You said where the was, Carnegie Deli was around there, wasn't it? That was on seventh Avenue. Okay. I, okay. I'm um, I was two blocks, literally two blocks from Columbus circle. Okay. Yeah. All right. I know. I know where you are. And I, um, what? When I come into town, I always get out at uh, Penn Station, which is at like 37th and 7th. So it's about 20 blocks yeah. down. Yeah. I was two two blocks up from CBS. I was two blocks up from uh, the Russian Tea Room, Carnegie mm-hmm. Hall. Yeah. Um, I I lived at Studio 54. Oh, is that <laughs> right? Know? Yeah. My, my building 57th and we had a drive through. So my building was 57, 56. So I just walked two blocks down to Studio 54. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's pretty it wild. The, it was the 70s, man. Yeah, the 70s. yeah. Well, I had a uh, a guest not too long ago, Mitch Hara, who worked there. Okay. Uh, he, he was on the show Smothered with Jason Stewart. That's on Amazon right now. It's a really funny, um, it's like a whole, they call it a season, but each episode is maybe like maybe five or 10 minutes long. And it's really funny. It's something you may want to check out sometime, but absolutely. um, Yeah. And he was telling me about working at studio 54 and all the people he saw coming in, in and out of there. And, um, as far as, uh, 54 was a little before my time, but I did do CBGBs. I played there a number of times in the early nineties and, uh, great place. Great place. Um, yeah, man, it was hot. New York City was hopping, man. The limelight, the saints, mm-hmm. um, you know, you the ice palace. Uh, fifth, I mean, it was 78, 79, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Saturday fever. Disco was on. New York was on fire. Yes, it was. Yeah. You know, and then 80, 81. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People got sick and tired of the Bee Gees and blah, blah, blah. And there was, I don't know if you saw that documentary. But yeah, and then uh, uh, punk rock was coming in and, Mm -hmm. you know, and then Steve Rebell and his problems and they shut it down. Yeah, uh, I saw that documentary. Yeah. Yeah. And then it became a punk rock place. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of music, Blondie was coming in and all these, you know, all these other, uh, you know, music said vicious and this and that and whatever. So New York was changing. New York in the seven. I moved into my building in 1977. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 17. My dad uh, said to me when I graduated, "Do you want a car? Do you want an apartment in New York City?" I took an apartment in New York City so I can do theater, you know, Broadway and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Um, so my, you know, my dad, you know, co-signed it and blah 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 and blah. Um, but in 1977, New York City on West 57th Street was like creepy as fuck. It was a brand new building. I lived on the 35th floor. It was 57 stories. It's, mm-hmm. now, all, it's now all condos. I had one bedroom there. Um, but yeah, 57th Street, West 57th was sketchy. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to go down to 8th and 9th Avenue. But then like on 10th and 11th, there was a nightclub called the Red Parrot. And um, then Cher, I believe, took it over. And it was an ice. It was an ice. It was a roller skating rink. So I went there. Mm-hmm. And that's when roller skating was on its, you know, its thing of there. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, New York City was pretty wild, pretty trippy, mm-hmm. you know. And then it it grew into its own. 
and then West 57th Street, Columbus, all that blossomed. Um, I haven't been back in 30 years. Last I remember is Hookers on 42nd Street. Now it's <laughs> Disneyland. Now it's Disneyland, from what I'm understanding. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it was. Um, oh, God. What was that guy's name? Uh, the mayor. Um, Giuliani? No. Fuck no. Cock. Uh, Cook. Yeah, Mayor Koch. 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 Yeah. Koch. Yeah. Koch. Yeah, man. That's when that's when New York City was a sewer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 That was yeah, Mayor Koch. And then it was Dinkins and then Giuliani. Dinkins. Yeah. Right. I was leaving just just before Giuliani. And, you know, we all knew Giuliani was the Prince Clown of New York. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that saved him in New York City was 9-11. Before right. that, him and his little snot nosed kid were, were there were him, Trump, everybody was a joke of New York City. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we all knew it back then 30 years ago. So what what happened later on was nothing new for us. Yep. Did um so yeah, I because I can remember um I started performing up there around 90. Okay. And we would what we would do is um, you know, being from Baltimore, we were we're a second tier city. You know, and mm -hmm. basically there were some great clubs down here, like Hammerjacks, the Rage, DC had the 930 Club, the Bayou, the 15 Minute Club. Um, there was Jacks, there was a lot of places in Northern Virginia too. But you know, you were mm -hmm. not gonna get a record a record deal unless you were gonna go up and showcase in New York. So right. whenever right. somebody had an opportunity to go up there, uh, we would you know, th the last show that you had was almost like your bon voyage party. You remember when they used to have bon voyage parties whenever somebody would go on vacation, you know, and um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we would do that. And usually there was like a car caravan or sometimes a bunch of people would charter a bus to go up. Our band, uh, Orange Seed Parade was my band. And uh, we whenever we would go to CBGB's, we would get a rider truck and we would put couches in the back of the rider truck. And okay. it was either hot as hell or freezing. And we uh -huh. had our gear back there. We had about 20 people sitting on couches or laying on the floor. And by the grace of God, we didn't have 20 people dead of carbon monoxide poisoning by the time we got through the tunnel. Oh, know? my God. And um, so we would do that and people would come, you know, they would chip in, you know, five, 10 bucks here. And you know, we would cover the rental car and the toll or the rental truck and the tolls and everything and um, right. yeah. you know, go up and back. But, you know, either that or uh, people dead of carbon monoxide poisoning or pulled over for suspicion of human trafficking. And, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, doing that stuff on a shoestring back then, the excitement yeah. of coming yeah. to a major entertainment capital and just having yeah. the opportunity to, to perform was just an amazing and amazing experience back in those days, you know, because again, oh, yeah. coming up from Baltimore, it was like, we almost fell off the turnip truck to come, you know, and then we were in this major area and it was just incredible, you know, the sites and, and the one thing that we also noticed too, is how professional everybody was in New York. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when you were in between sets at CBGB's people would go outside and wait for one band to go down and for the other one to come up. Um, the people there, you know, we were, you know, we, we didn't know what New York was like. We, we, we just saw on TV, how everybody's like, Hey, F you screw you buddy. You know, but when we got to the club, you know, the, the people at the club were very professional, very, right. you know, they spoke to us. Well, you know, you felt like they were welcoming you in and, you know, they took you under their arm and, you know, kind of showed you what they expected and everything. And it was a great experience, you know, yeah, just man, great. 
whole different animal today. Yeah. Yep. You're right. We are, we, we are from a different breed. You and I, mm-hmm. um, we are the old dinosaurs, man. There yep. is, we went through the best of everything, the best of music, mm-hmm. the best of move, the best of movies. You know, when you were, when you was just starting out back there and every, I don't care who it was, yeah. uh, you know, from a young Scorsese and, and uh, the Palmer and all those guys, man, in New York City doing their thing. And everybody was young and hungry and at a film school. And, mm-hmm. you know, people were just trying to find their way. And you had such an outlook for the future. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're 20 years old, when you're 30 years old, you know, you're 20 or even younger, you know. But you were just like, you know, you didn't know. You were just trying anything you could to, you know, to do it, to make it. Yeah. And yeah. everybody was everybody was hungry to make it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you can tell. And then the, the work and the quality and whether it was music or whether it was film or whether mm-hmm. whatever you were into, uh, whether you're in the entertainment industry or not. Fashion, New York. You know, I, I dabbled um, in couture wear for ladies. I had my own store on West 57th Street, the building in the Park Vendome right next door to where I lived. And um, I designed couture where Lily Tomlin came in one time and Karen Valentine and people like that. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, I dabbled in a little bit of everything. I also did interior designing, interior decorating. My mom also worked at my store with me. So we have interior designing going on as well. Um, but, you know, every, you know, there was that that excitement in New York City, New York, you know, and it's just like today. It's just like a whole different world. It is. It, it is. It's like, oh my, I just, everybody wants everything, but they don't want to work for it. Yep. Yep. Instant gratification without paying your dues. You know, Instant that's exactly. Gratification. Yep. And you know, you know, you know what even pisses me off today, even more so is that I just found out not too long ago, but the Screen Actors Guild is now um recognizing youtubers and influencers and i certainly hope that uh they're not giving them sad cards or whatever or in you know um yeah insurance or whatever you know uh, i came from you had to have a line yeah you know, we yeah, yeah right at, right we we started out as after your plumber could be after but it was for soaps Mm-hmm. And then you had to have a line and there was no Taft Hartley or any bullshit. You could not get into SAG unless you had a freaking line. Mm-hmm. And which I did. Thank God I was doing a eyewitness news commercial and I, I spoke and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, SAG at the time cost me, I believe it was $500. I asked my dad and, you know, that was like a lot of money back then. And yeah, today's yeah. like what? 3,500 to join both of them today. And then, you know, from there, because after was my parent union. Then I bound when I did Cats on Broadway, I joined Equity. You know, so there was the unions and you bounced off of each other. <laughs> sure, um, yeah. yeah. You know, now today's after SAG and $3,500 later. And you can join if you do like three extras or well, I don't know, whatever the deal is. Um, but you had to earn it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not on TV on my own channel. And yeah, great. Make money. Do whatever you need to do. But. Why is the union recognizing this as what? Yeah. What's, what's, yeah. what's, what's the talent? What's the, 
What's the, you know, mm-hmm. pl- explain it to me. Why should they have any type of right or benefit if, if that's what's going on? Yeah. Or, you know, a- able to join or, you know, hey, you know, what's up with that? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's that's my only pet peeve with the union, you know, as far as that's concerned. Right, right, right. I, I know it's, yeah, I, I'm still trying to figure out all the rules and everything yet. I'm not in SAG yet, but I think the next the next movie I book or the next SAG job that I book, I'm going to have to join. Yeah, um, well, I mean, my, I, yeah. My, my movies are my movies are non-union. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm SAG ultra low budget, put up a $36,000, $40,000 bond, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, hey, yeah. You know, here comes the middle finger, you know, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I, I love doing the, um, the guerrilla filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not, you know, I love sneaking the shots <laughs> on, Hollywood, <laughs> on Hollywood Boulevard. I mean, the butcher, the butcher I had, I had a small set ravage. Yep. It ravage mm-hmm. is me. I am ravage. I am the DP cause I love doing it. Um, it's stylized in a certain way. If you saw uh, the way the Safadis, Safadis brothers, uncut gems, um, that kind of that kind of you know uh, camera handheld camera for my for my particular character, who's you know when you you're out there and you haven't seen anybody in twelve years, you start going crazy and manic. Um, I love that. I, I dig that. I do my own editing. Um, mm-hmm. I did D, I did DP work on the butcher, but I had a DP person who yep. won an award who won an award in Canada at a at a Canada Canadian film festival. But, and that's the thing, people come and asking me questions like, Hey, I taught myself, I taught myself how to write. I taught, you know, you get the final cut, you know, the final draft and, uh, 25 scripts later. And I learned how to edit myself and I, I tinkered and I learned about sound and, you know, uh, Foley and, you know, people don't even know what that is. And, you know, this, you know, you want to know, everything about your film mm-hmm. okay we got a big we got a big shoot tomorrow everybody's there my dp can't make it oh mm-hmm. my god am i screwed no i can get off my ass and do my own fucking camera work <laughs> yeah right 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 mm-hmm. you know i mean it's things like that um we need we need to change a scene uh i'm the writer you don't have to call up somebody in another state to ask permission because with mm-hmm. legit films you you can't change unless i guess you're spielberg but you have to call up the writer and get permission and blah 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 well i'm the fucking writer yeah you know yep. so you know it's, it's it's stuff like that which i dig i love that i mean a really good friend of mine god bless him um larry cohen uh if you remember him uh, he also uh, wrote, uh, I directed phone, uh, not directed phone booth, but wrote phone booth uh, with uh, Colin uh, Farrell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, yeah, he, uh, Larry Cohen got, you know, he did uh, lots of uh, films. He passed away. And, but I was working on a, di- a documentary at the time and I was interviewing him in his house in Beverly Hills and Lorraine, Lorraine Landon. And, uh, you know, I worked at a restaurant uh, 20 years ago called the, the, the Silver Spoon. I worked there for 20 years. And it's now uh, Connie and Ted's in uh, Santa Monica Boulevard. But it was the home of Quentin Tarantino. It, I was there when Quentin gave Robert Forster uh, the script for Jackie Brown. Uh, Uma Thurman was there, Marty Landau. It was all the Shelley Winters. You know, uh, I, I knew all these people for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um so you you see like 
I'm waiting on Farrah Fawcett here and Shelly Winters there and in comes Philip Seymour Hoffman. And, you know, so it was that kind of a West Hollywood. It was in West Hollywood. It was that click. Uh, they had a patio that was pushed in and there was no TMZ at the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, it closed in 2011. Um, so I worked there for 20 years. I mean, TMZ was not, they weren't flocking. I mean, if they knew who was there, they'd wet themselves. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Marty Landau is bringing in at the time Justice is Ed Wood. So he brought in Johnny Depp before Johnny Depp was Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. You, you know, they just did Ed Wood. So I mean, he was hot off of his TV series. And he's, you know, both great guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was that type of a place. You never knew who was walking in. So I was doing autograph collecting at the time. And I used to go to all the premieres and uh, when people got the stars of the Hollywood Walk of Fame and I have like memorabilia up the kazoo and I bring stuff to the restaurant and Quentin and Eli Roth and all these everybody's signing all my shit so I've got like a lot of memorabilia dude it's that's like cool. that's, a whole, that's a whole other story yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, a, that's a whole other st- side to me right uh, so, right you know, not celebrity stalking but you know <laughs> It was a big thrill for me, and I'm not tooting my own horn here because, yeah. believe me, I got a long way to go before I can do that. But um, when I was in Gotham, if you know okay. the show Gotham, um, yeah. yeah, I had a small part. I was in season five, episode eight. I played a character named Dale, and I was one of the Penguin's henchmen. I didn't have any lines. I was killed by Mr. Scarface and Mr. Penn. Um, he was playing the ventriloquist, and they shot me. And, um, because that that was, it, that was just a popular episode. I think it was the last one filmed and the third, to last aired. And then it was, you know, for the whole series, um, a lot of people just started, um, they, they found my Facebook and I had a number of people from different countries, Sweden, Canada, England, (laughs) they wrote to me on Facebook. And nice. they asked for autographed pictures and I sent them autographed pictures. Oh man, that's so cool. Yeah. And, um, I was like, sure, I'll be happy to, you know, and, um, uh, yeah. they still, I'm still figuring out Twitter, but, um, I associate, and I tell you the fans of Gotham. Yeah. I mean, they're almost like, they're almost as enthusiastic and passionate about Gotham as you know, like Trekkies are about Star Trek. They absolutely live that show. And, you know, they text me like on Facebook or Twitter. They said you can send messages. They just asking questions about what was this like and what was that like? And um, I've, I've had a good time interacting with them. You know, I mean, I know not to be stupid online, but, right. um, <laughs> you know, I I've really enjoyed this experience, just getting to know these folks or just, you know, interacting with them and everything it really makes you when you work as hard as you have because the music industry chewed me up and spit me out for so many years i finally got into acting and then i'm finally getting a chance to go to the dance a little you know and you know um when you have people that are in different countries even that like something that you did it means something to you you know absolutely man yeah, it really does it really does so uh, i wanted to ask you 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 told me and you got to indulge me on this you were a baseball fury in the Warriors. Yeah, Michael, 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 yeah. Michael. Holy sh! Dude, I know. I know. I that know. is awesome. I know. That is awesome. 
Uh, yeah, but like we were talking a little bit in the you know the the, the pre interview and stuff like that. I mean, you know, it's 1978, 79. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you're you're an actor on the set. You know. Two, three, four o'clock in the morning, Central Park, you're listening to the speech, blah, 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 you know, the whole big, and you dig it, you know, that whole thing. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, it was fun. But, you know, you don't know what the movie is going to become later on down the road. Mm-hmm. You don't know mm-hmm. that it's going to be such a quite a phenomenon as it was. Um, I mentioned to you that in New York City at the time, it was bad. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 79. Huh. Who knew? Hmm. 1978, 79, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it was then, the, you know, the, then all the copycats, the Wanderers, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I was an extra in the, I was an extra in the Wanderers, okay. but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a baseball fury, you know, we're in Central Park, we're doing our, we're doing our thing and the fighting and then, you know, in comes a stunt guy for you and, <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's pretty, it's great. It's pretty trippy. But like, you know, like I was telling friends and stuff like that of mine, you know, um, unless I was one of the stars, to me, it just is another, I, I get it. I get the phenomenon about uh-huh. it, but I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent the movie, you know, it's not sure. me. Sure. I'm a, I'm, I'm a fraction. Uh, and I got to work in a great film like that. Don't get me wrong. I, I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Um, I love the director's cut where it looks like it's a comic book, finally. Yes, you I know, saw that. Then the next chapter, and it's a comic book, mm-hmm. which is the way it's supposed to be. To me, is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. I love that cut. It's a great cut, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but then, you know, what, what, again, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, and you're, you know, you're hungry and you're going to the next project and you're trying to make the money. You know, oh, it's SAG, it's this, it's that. I'm making, uh, what, a hundred dollars, you know, whatever it is. And you, then, you, or you sign a contract and you're a day player in a movie or, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, it, but it's that type of thing. You're just going from movie to movie to movie, not knowing. And then it does 30, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I, Again, a small little teeny tiny fragment of the movie, but at, at the time that you're making it, you don't know what it it was going to be. Right. You know, so. Right. Right. Well, congratulations, and you 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 are now one of my heroes for uh, having been in the Warriors. You know. <laughs> yeah. Just swinging the baseball bat back and forth, and yeah. Uh huh. Oh, that that that, yeah. that was a great movie. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know. That, Again, like one of my favorites, it's, and that was like back in the early days of cable TV. Um, yeah, when I could talk my parents into letting me stay up late, I'd see that that was on, and I'd just get completely absorbed in it. You know? Um, oh yeah. Because I mean, it, it was I guess you know I mean it took place in seventies New York, but there was like sort of like almost like an apocalyptic feeling about it too. It you was know, yeah. With all these gangs, just you know, and like um. I really don't think real gangs wore makeup and had baseball uniforms, but you know, I mean, it was just, there the, were, there, but there were gang members in the movie. Oh, there was. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, actual those, gang those members. Not, those are not just all not, you know, I mean, you have to have a certain amount of SAG actors, but, sure. and then everybody, your background is non-SAG, but mm-hmm. that's not a whole bunch of, there were gangs in there, dude. Huh? Yeah. Wow. Oh Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't just like three thousand extras. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it was it was a mix. It was a mixed bunch. Right. But um, yeah. But again, I agree with you because they're chasing them. 
They're mm-hmm. going from borough to borough, and each door pops up, mm-hmm. in, you know, in their face, whether it's the Lizzie's or whether it's um, the Furies or whether it's, you know, whatever, whichever um, yeah, the, gang. The, yeah, the, the roller skate guys or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, whatever the other guys are. Um, yeah, but it was cool because then by the time you get to Coney Island, you know, and then you're at the Coney and then you're at the beach mm-hmm. and then you're just hearing the clanking, the mm-hmm. clanking of the soda bottles, yeah. you know, and hit- <laughs> warriors come out to play. And I love just, that. He's just going in for it, man. And it's mm-hmm. just so it's just so creepy. It, you know, it just reminds me of something out of um, um, Stanley Kubrick, you know? Yes, um, yes. You know, clockwork orangey kind of vibe. Yes, yes. Know? Yeah, and that's and, the kind of yeah. Yeah, you're, you you're know? right. And Walter Hill, you know, did that, and you know, it's it's that's what it was to me when I'm when I was watching it at when I watched it. I was nineteen, twenty years old, and mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. So, and then over the years, you watch it, and uh, yeah, it was that kind of vibe. It was. It was it was something different in New York City. New Yorkers and pe- I think people in the country um, were not used to seeing something like that. But uh, yeah, man, it was banned in New York City for a while. So wow, wow, wow. How about um, and the other and the other thing I liked about it too was they couldn't have picked a better exit song that Joe oh Walsh tuned in the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. You know, I mean, just to me, that whole movie is um, it's a classic cult movie. You know, Yes, I, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. And they better not remake it. Fuck no. <laughs> they better not remake it because. Stop no. doing remakes. Jesus, yeah. stop doing the remakes. I know. I know. Oh, I my know. God. The, ex- the Exorcist 40 years later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so l- let me ask you this here. Um, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're you've done you know a number of horror movies um what are some of your favorites i'd like to ask you about some of your favorites you know i've got i've got you know my favorites the uh, of course the exorcist the omen um you know things of that stature to the like maniac maniac cop you know i mean i i like the 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 lower end stuff halloween hello yeah Uh, i fell in love i fell in love with halloween as everybody did Mm-hmm. Um, you know, John Carpenter is a god as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, you know, again, it was just uh, but then again, all the copycats started everybody was trying to milk that train, baby. You know, mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. and then you know, prom night and this one and Peggy Sue and whatever, and this one, and they you know, it was just it was like ah! <laughs> it was everywhere. Right, know? right, right. I, I, I really mean, uh, mm-hmm. Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, the Elm Streets, the the original stuff. You mm-hmm. know everything. Everything after to me is just yeah another yeah. thing. Another thing. I don't want to you know uh, have fans yell at me and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, do hey. you like any of the early like Universal movies? Like oh the, my god, thirties. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the black and whites. I mean, mm-hmm. creature. We, New York. We had creature feature on yes. Saturday, Saturdays and Sundays, and the Wolfman and the Invisible Man. And even watching Abbott and Costello, 
that's my favorite. Costello mm -hmm. meet the meet Frankenstein, you know, and mm -hmm. they had Dracula, Dracula, and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, man, I, I just I eat that stuff up. Right. Uh, the thing I really like about those is. Um, you, know, you see how some of these things kind of evolved. And one thing I didn't realize until, you know, I guess, you know, just a few years back yeah. was the, um, that, that Frankenstein walk or the Frankenstein monster walk with his arms out. Yeah. You know, I noticed that, and I found out that that didn't happen actually until I think it was Frankenstein, the wolf, the where the wolf man meets wolf Frankenstein. Man. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. the monster was blinded. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never realized that until you know, that I just never found that out until I think I was actually watching Spengoolie when I found that out because yeah. he tells facts and things like that about the movies. But um, it was it was the Glenn Strange monster that first started walking like that. All the other ones didn't, you know. Yeah. Um, he wasn't my he wasn't my favorite. I mean, I, right. I like Karloff as Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um karloff you know dracula you know of course edward and all that kind of stuff but um yeah uh, ed strange wasn't he just looked a little too weird for me right 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 you know right. Yeah, he just didn't like fit though it was like i don't know it just looked like maybe it was an afterthought where i think they got it right with the karloff look yes yes you know with the, with the bolts and the, the makeup and all that kind of stuff so mm -hmm. yeah and the eyes, you know, Karloff's eyes were very, very oh special, I think. Of course, of course. He had I the mean, perfect eyes for that, you know? I loved all those. I mean, I don't know if you know her. You might know the, heard the name, the actress. Maria Uspenskaya, the old gypsy woman. Uh-huh. The, the werewolf, you know, I mean, she was a great act acting coach as well you know oh, they just okay. think she was some like some old some old woman in you know marie i believe i'm pronouncing the name correctly uh -huh. maria uspinskaya but yeah she was the old gypsy woman man i mean it was those mm -hmm. it was like great i had oh my god i i could talk about that for days but go ahead i had an author of his fellow he's a friend of mine he's from the baltimore area his name is greg mank and okay. he's written a lot of books about old Hollywood, especially the universal horror movies. Um, yeah, I've had him on as a guest several times, and he told me a really interesting story when he was he wrote a book uh, called um, it was Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff. And he it was out in Los Angeles and he was interviewing their families and their relatives. Mm -hmm. And he found out a very interesting story about the little girl that um the Frankenstein monster met in the first right. one. And um, right. they didn't get the shot right when he threw her in the water. Mm -hmm. I heard okay. that as well. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. And so they had to film it again. And apparently this little girl was adopted. And the reason her mother adopted her was because she saw this beautiful little baby and she wanted to put her in the movies. You know, that was not because she wanted a child, but to put the child in the movies. And, um, the mother would, if the child didn't get the audition, she would beat her. Um, she would do all kinds of things to her, you know, treat her very, very badly. Oh, so, you know, she and Boris Karloff became very good friends on the set. Okay. And, um, the director went over to her and said, uh, hey, look, honey, um, we're going to have to throw you in the lake again. 
because we just didn't get it right this time. And I know it was very, you know, demanding. We won't hurt you, but, you know, we'll try not to hurt you and everything. But if you do it again, Mm -hmm. I'll Mm -hmm. buy you anything you want. You know, a bike, a pony, anything. You know what the little girl asked for? She says, I want one dozen hard boiled eggs. And the director was like, what? She says, yeah, I want one dozen hard boiled eggs. And she says, well, you sure that's what you want? She says, yes. And he said, well, why do you want those? And she said, my mom won't let me eat hard boiled eggs because she says it'll make me fat. Then I won't be able to be in movies anymore. Oh, wow. Dude. Oh, God. So one dozen hard boiled eggs it was. And then the mother heard about that. And apparently it wasn't good, but she was like, why didn't you ask for a car for me and all this, you know, or money and all that, you know? Oh God, man. I don't want, Oh God. I wish I didn't hear that story. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's, oh, yeah. No. no, I know. You know, it's, Oh my God, the poor kid. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, um, th- yeah. Thank God for the Jackie Coogan law later on, man. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But, um, I just, I, I really like how, you know, like all these different eras of movies are out there. I, I've, I love the universal yeah. movies with, you know, the, uh, you know, the Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, uh, creature from the black lagoon. Um, oh yeah. All of that stuff moving into the fifties, you get, you know, kind of like the sci-fi oriented, the blob, um, the blob, um, Oh, the, uh, the aliens. What is it? The, uh, day after tomorrow. No, um, uh, day well, the earth stood I, the, still the day. The earth stood still the war of the world. Yes. The, yes. Uh, the origi- yes. The original Hawkins, the thing, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, I mean, all those, all those movies were like, Oh my God. Right. To, and you know, they had no technology. Right. Right. But you know, I, I, I love movies like that. I even like, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch a few of a, a few uh, decades, but even like if you watch the Poseidon Adventure, yes, the Towering the, Inferno, my the disaster movies. movies. But yeah, um, sets sets were built, sets were erected. There was no CGI, right? It right. Was, you know, models and you know that. So not to get off track from the 50s into the 70s, but right? 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 That's where I was I going love, anyway. I, yeah, I love. <laughs> I love those movies. Right. You know? I mean, right. Th- they built shit. You know? Yes. 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 They're not standing in front of a green screen. And it's in their computer and it looks like shit later. <laughs> I, know. I know, but it um, still looks like shit on your computer. Yeah. <laughs> it still looks like shit. Oh, I, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. That can, that can be, um, it's gotta be done right. If you're going to use that or else you're in trouble. Um, have you, but talking about those, you know, the seventies, you know, it seems like there was a man-made disasters such as, um, you know, the towering inferno building that building too big. Yeah. The airport movies, you know, something was screwed up, you know, King um, King Kong, King Kong. Right. But that, that, actual, I kind of consider yeah. that one more of like a disrespecting nature horror movie, you know, um, like uh, I, I, prophecy. Love, I love that. I love that King Kong. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they they thought they were going to bring this ape to New York no. and nothing was going to happen. OK, yeah. 
a good move, you know. <laughs> um, prophecy was right, another one yeah. with the bear. Um, and then there was, you know, the ones like uh, the swarm. There was one about rabbits, too. Do you remember what that was called? Like, do you remember the one with the rabbits? Rabbits? Yeah. Um, um, no. No, it was a 70s movie and the rabbits were killing people. Um, it wasn't Monty oh, okay, Python. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it was like it was a, it was a swarm um, earthquake and sense around. Remember that? Yep. The speakers yep. in your movie theater were like shaking. Mm-hmm, um, no, mm-hmm. Nobody knows what nobody knows what we're talking about right now. Everybody just tuned us off. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> no, um, no, no. That This is my crowd. Earthquake and sense around, for God's sake. So yes. I, you know, yeah. I got I got 7.1. And I'm still listening to it in my fucking house. Um <laughs> The only the only thing wrong with that movie is that um, uh, Ava Gardner and Lauren Green were a father and daughter, but they were the same age. Mm-hmm. Who did that <laughs> cast? Who did that casting? Um, <laughs> but you know, then it was the Planet of the Apes, and you know, yes. then mm-hmm. I was, just recently um, I hadn't fully seen these movies. Um, Soylent Green and the uh, the Omega Man. Mm-hmm. I just started getting into YouTube now after the fact that my movie was already done. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't like channeling or modeling after those movies because I I've never seen them. I mm-hmm. saw trailer. I saw trailers and bits and pieces. And God damn, that acting was hammy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know. But uh, for what the films were in the seventies, they were you know they were great films. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Heston with his sci-fi phase. Um, but, you know, it was things like that. So, yeah. And then, you know, that's how I Am Legend and all those movies came about and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, my this, the, the Poseidon Adventure, um, a, a little a little story on that. Um, a while back when Shelley Winters was still at the Silver Spoon and they were doing, I don't whatever anniversary it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went. Uh, and Shelly took me and, you know, some other people. We went to, they were doing it at the um, Queen Mary. So we got to see the movie on the Queen Mary, which was dope. And then everybody was there, um, except for the director. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Sheila, uh, the wife, was, you know, she played the nurse. And, but Stella Stevens and Pamela Sue Martin. And I got my Poseidon Adventure poster signed by everybody that night. Those those characters, Martin Balls, uh, Martin, um, oh God, yeah, Not Martin um, Balls. Um, yeah, Escape from New York, I always, <laughs> right, 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 yeah, I know, uh, boy, don't hate me, people, <laughs> four nine, yes, yes. Four nine. oh my God, I'm so sorry, um, but yeah, you know, it was a fun night, man, everybody was there, but you're mm-hmm. watching it on the Queen Mary, dude. Mm-hmm. That was like holy, holy crap! That was <laughs> that was with the cast. Mm-hmm. Oh my, you know, it was like oh my god! I think you know, just let me die now because I'm like, I'm I'm happy right now. Yep, yep. That that yeah. that was a, that was a good one. That um that one um another one that you know we a, a lot of people talk about uh, from that era was um again you had the Jaws, the Orcas. Piranha, yeah. Barracuda. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> they they were running out of things to come out of the water. I think after a while, you know, they got yeah, smaller like, and more savage. <laughs> um, like shark, shark, Sharknado back then would have been a hit. Yeah, 20 Sharknado exactly. movies. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Gosh. Um, how about two? Um, and then, you know, kind of, you know, getting into, you know, they had the slasher films of the 80s. Um, there's been a couple that I've seen, and I'm not sure if you've heard of this um, filmmaker. Um, his name is Lance Weiler. And he has two movies out that I'm a big fan of. Uh, one of them is called the last broadcast. The other one is called head trauma and they were filmed in no. Philly. They were filmed around oh. New Jersey and Philadelphia. Okay. Um, the reason I like them is because um, the last broadcast actually came out before Blair, Witch, but it was one of the first found footage movies. Yeah. And what it was, was a bunch of people went into the pine barrens of New Jersey to try to find the Jersey devil. They were like a cable access show. Okay. And they went out there and then all of a sudden, um, you know, they, they show the footage of them out there. Everybody turns around shocked. Then the camera hits the ground and then you see bodies kind of hitting the ground. Then they're trying to figure out what happened. Okay. And yeah. there's a lot, okay. and there's like a twist in the plot, which I won't give away. Another right. one was head trauma which was filmed in Philly and there's, it's a, um, the whole movie, you really don't know what's going on until the end. And again, there's another plot twist and then all of a sudden everything makes sense. And, um, I've seen both of those. I own both of them and, um, just two of my favorites of all time, you know, and, um, he never, he, I think he's teaching film now instead of actually making them as much, but, um, Yeah, two great. I highly recommend those as two of my favorites if you ever get the chance to see them. But, yeah, um, you know, um, how about, um, you know, you, you had mentioned, too, that you, you know, you kind of had a background in theater. And one thing that I like to ask people is um, when I have musicians or bands on, I normally ask if they've ever had any spinal tap moments. Um, yeah. Have you ever had anything go horribly, horribly wrong on stage during a theatrical production? Or anything else that you'd want to share about, like a war story? Um, nothing that really that bad. I mean, yeah, you go on there and they're like, oh, my God, what's my line? <laughs> Drawing a blank, yeah. It's like, what? You know, and then you're, 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 you're rambling and like you could just see the other actors kind of like, like looking at you like, oh, my God, we're going to have to save him. Um, you know, things like that, you know, during like performances or showcases or what, you know, whatever. No, I mean, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing overly dramatic. Um, yeah. Okay. No, no, no sorry. No, <laughs> That's I, fine. I, That's fine. I've got nothing to bring to the table other than blankness, you know, when, when you're doing a play or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, uh, you know, there was nothing, nothing overly dramatic or anything like that going on. So no, not with <laughs> okay. Not okay. With that. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, no, that, that's good. That's good. That's fine. Um, you know, um, and, and what we like to do, you know, kind of at this part of the show is we have what's called shameless plug. And uh-huh. what you can do is shamelessly plug anything you would like to shamelessly plug with no shamelessness spared and uh, <laughs> with all shamelessness included. So uh, have uh-huh. at it. 
Oh my God. I just happen to have a piece of paper now. <laughs> um, yeah. No, um, yeah. I mean, on the Instagram kind of thingy, um, if you want to kind of like follow me around, it's at real R E A L Michael M 17 mm-hmm. or at Amityville legend one or at real butcher movie one and at ravage one. And those are the Instagram. We have fan page. I have fan pages on Facebook. So type in the movie uh, Ravage and there's uh, all the cast and crew and behind the scenes photos and stuff like that, you know, and mm-hmm. all uh, like videos and trailers and all that stuff. So all, all my films, all that kind of stuff um, is, is all on Facebook and Instagram. And, you know, just type in the name of the movie and well, me or follow mm-hmm. me. Yep. And uh, yeah, so you know all that kind of stuff is out there. Okay, so, that's okay. my that's my that's my plug. That's your plug. That's your plug. Well, that's thank you. That's a yeah. good plug. That's a good plug. You know. So well, Michael, best of luck yeah. with your projects that you've got coming out and the ones you're going to be working on soon. You know. Um, you know, I'm glad that you know you you've been able to you know get something going with all this you know the COVID going on and yeah. everything and. Um, it's just been awful for everybody to try to get through this. And we're hoping that this yeah. next wave isn't going to be too bad because, you know, it, it's hurting me too, you know, with uh, my murder mystery company, you yeah. know, um, we did our last show in these plexiglass masks. Um, they kind of look like these Hannibal Lecter things, you know, but they're, clear, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, and, yeah. um, you know, the audience could hear and it worked out fine and everything, but I guess that's going to be kind of the way we're going to have to do it for a while. Um, you know, I guess we're going to have to work with this until it goes, you know, um, we're going to have something this, you know, I mean, we've always had diseases over the world. I'm not here to, mm-hmm. but, uh, we, you know, I mean, we've dealt with things that, but we're going to have this for a while, um, in some form or another, whether people want to believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately it's not going away next year. It's not going away in 2024. It's mm-hmm. some type of, some type of a, will be out there so you know we just gotta until the next one and that, but that's you know we've mm-hmm. had diseases we've had diseases through the beginning of time yep uh he- yep. hence why we've had vaccines mm-hmm. hello yep. hello mm-hmm. yeah i know i know well i'm I'm just hoping that um you, you know the one thing that's good about this is that you know when um you know Sometimes when you've got a thousand projects going on, and this goes for anybody, whether you're a musician, actor, writer, director, you know, you're thinking about all these things like, man, I wish I could do this one day, or man, I wish I could do this one day, or finally get my thoughts together to get it out there. Well, we had some time to go back to the drawing board, which was a good thing. Um, You know, fortunately, you know, I mean, it looks like that we are able to get some of these things out. and perform, but, you know, I'm just hoping that, you know, the day's going to come when we're going to get out there. Cause I think there's going to be a landslide of all kinds of new content and material for everybody to see. Mm-hmm. People are tired of just eating at home. They want to get out to these venues and go to a dinner theater or a restaurant yeah. or a club without oh, yeah. having to worry. So I have a feeling we're due for a Renaissance. And I, I, I believe that, you know, so, uh, definitely it's going to be interesting, interesting, interesting times. Let's put mm -hmm. it that way. Thank God. Thank God that you can get work out there today. You know what I'm saying? At one time you couldn't get things out there digitally. 
right, um, right. And, and have and have the venues and the different platforms to get your stuff seen yeah um yeah. you know 20 years ago you would have been screwed but right. um yeah mm-hmm. so yeah well, great, great. You know, well, well, thank you again. You know, I, I've thank appreciate you, you, you know, coming on. Um, I've had a blast talking to you. I've really have. And, and please, you know, consider foul players radio and open door to you. Consider me part of your Rolodex, nice, whatever you great, want to call man. me. Thank you. We're aging yeah. ourselves, but you know, like I said, anytime <laughs> you want to come on and talk about the things that you're up to or promote anything, please let me know. And I'll be glad that I'd be honored to have you back on Mike, you know? So thank you, man. You've been, you've been a great interviewer. So I always, everything that I do, these things is very cathartic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, you, you're saving me $500 in therapy. Uh, you know. <laughs> when I, when I talk to interviewers, I feel like I'm at a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well, then. thank Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. In a a good way. Thank you. Absolutely. Folks, make sure you, you know, make sure you, uh, you know, tune in next time. And uh, we've had Michael Mutsatsos on Foul Players Radio. And we will thank you for listening. We'll see you next time, folks. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed our interviews with our guests, all with the intention of promoting the performing arts and preserving their history by sharing the wonderful stories of those who participated. You can now support Foul Players Radio on Patreon. Go to www.patreon.com slash foulplayersradio. Also, make sure you go to whatever platform on which you listen to Foul Players Radio and leave us a review and hopefully a five-star rating. Thanks again, and see you next time.